everything is not rosy. Hebrews knows that life is hard. I'm going to take a drink of water now. Think about that. Life is much harder than just getting thirsty, you know. But someday, we will no longer thirst or hunger. But we're not there yet. Anyway, life is hard, right? That's kind of what we're getting at here. But we go through what is hard now because what lies ahead is better. We have this encouragement from chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance, see I got the word from somewhere, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Here we're reminded that the reason we persevere is always tied to the person of Jesus. We're following in his footsteps. And that leads me to the next two reflections. First, on the humanity of Jesus, and second, on the divinity of Jesus. Now, as I said, I think Hebrews shows more closely than, more clearly than any other New Testament book, this Christ whom we confess in the creeds. Listen to these words. This is from the Nicene Creed. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven... He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. Now we confess this often and we might not reflect on why it matters. But I think Hebrews explains to us why it is important that Jesus became fully human. In Hebrews, the humanity of Jesus shows his compassion for us. Jesus became human in order to free us from the fear of death and to help us through our suffering. Chapter 2 tells us, Since the children share flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Now this is great to talk about in the Easter season. Death could not hold Jesus down, and because he shares in our flesh and blood, he has freed us too from the curse of death. One of the theologians in the early church, Gregory of Nazianzus, famously said that what has not been assumed has not been healed. In more regular words, if Jesus didn't assume or take on humanity, he didn't heal it. So Jesus had to become human in order to heal us, to heal us from our sin, our suffering, even from death. 
Hebrews says that he experienced the suffering of death so that he might taste death for everyone. Through his death, he took on the sin of the world, and in his resurrection, he reversed the power of death. And so if we belong to him through baptism, even if we suffer and die now, we will be raised in a resurrection like his. In Hebrews, Jesus became human to save humanity, to reverse the curse of death through his sinless and perfect life. Now that can feel like you know, maybe some heady, abstract stuff. But what it means is that death is not the end. Hebrew says humanity has been in a state of slavery to the fear of death. And that fear of death can overwhelm our lives. But death will not be the end. Jesus will return and raise us from the dead to eternal life with him. So this Fear and suffering is not what God has in store for us. It is not the promises of God that lie ahead. God has something better in store, and in Jesus, he has set that plan into motion that God will redeem this creation, that God will redeem our mortal bodies, which ache and deteriorate. God showed us that in sending his son for us. Jesus became human in order to save humanity. Now, the second reason it matters that Jesus became human is not just about eternal life in the end, but how it affects us now. Jesus became human so that he can help us through our suffering now. Chapter 2 tells us, Jesus had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Jesus was tested and suffered just as we are tested and just as we suffer. That means he understands what we struggle with in an intimate way. He's been there. Think about that. Now, Jesus' suffering and Understanding our struggles does not mean that Jesus responds like, I've dealt with worse, so suck it up. I died on a cross for you. (laughs) Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to bring this up in the sanctuary, but there used to be a skit on Saturday Night Live called Debbie Downer. (laughs) Anyone remember that? It's very funny. You should Google it if you don't. So this character, Debbie Downer... (laughs) She would always bring the mood down by bringing up her horrible experiences and like, continually one-upping other people. Like, it's, very, it's very funny. On Saturday Night Live, it was hilarious, and the other comedians cannot keep a straight face. I think they don't know what the character's going to say, and they're just, they keep getting shocked. Now, it's very funny on the show, but in real life, people who do things like that are very grating. When you... Go to them with what you're going through, and they just try to explain that your suffering isn't that bad. Maybe they're 
comparing your experience to what they've been going through instead of being sympathetic and sitting with you. But Jesus is not like that. That's not what it means that he understands our suffering. When Hebrews tells us that Jesus is able to be a merciful and faithful high priest who is able to help those who are being tested, it means that he wants to hear what we are suffering through. Jesus is willing and able and ready to hear our prayers. Again, Hebrews says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Jesus is not disinterested in our lives. Jesus is not too high up or far off to help us through our suffering. Jesus sympathizes with our weakness. And what that means is that we can approach Jesus. We can approach his throne with boldness to receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Jesus is approachable. Now, one of the hymns that I love to pair when I preach with Hebrews is, What a friend we have in Jesus. We can go to him with all our griefs and burdens to share. He is like the friend who actually wants to know what is going on. And he wants to hear about it. But even more than just being a sympathetic friend, Jesus is powerful enough to make a difference in our lives. It can be frustrating sometimes when we talk to our friends about our problems when they just immediately jump to trying to fix it. Because honestly, sometimes our friends cannot fix things. And what you need is just a friend to listen. But Jesus, the Son of God, is able to do something about what we bring to him. Jesus is the heir of all things, the exact imprint of God's very being. He has been with God since the beginning, and that's the one that we're praying to. That is the one who can hear and answer our prayers. And he became like us in order to understand our suffering. He became human to suffer through the, through the human experience and then be able to hear our prayers. So this leads me to the last reflection on Hebrews about him being fully divine. Now again, this sort of heavy theological reflection can seem very dense or irrelevant, but I don't think it's irrelevant. Again, being, beyond just being able to check off the boxes, like, can I become a member at Blacknall? I believe the creeds. Like, I think that Jesus being truly defined truly divine, affects our lives. Once again, hear these words from the Nicene Creed. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. So why does it matter that Jesus is truly God's son? And how does Hebrews show us that? Chapter 1 tells us that long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. 
He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When Jesus had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So if Jesus is God's very son, the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's being, I think it makes a difference. I think it shows us who God is and the extent of God's love for us, that Jesus was not just a random human that God looked at and thought, that one's good enough. God was willing to send his only begotten son to a world of sinners that would reject him and kill him. Jesus was not an accident. Jesus is God coming to us in the flesh, who gives us power to become children of God, and who is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. Jesus, being fully divine, shows us how far God is willing to offer his love and forgiveness to us. God gave us his only son, so we can be assured of the riches of God's grace because God sent us Jesus. The same Jesus who created the worlds is the one who made purification for our sins. God sent his son for sinners like you and me out of God's abounding love for us. So I think that changes the way that we pray. Jesus suffered with us and understands what we go through and that Jesus is the son of God with the power to make change. And it reminds us of how much God loves us and all that we can bring to God in prayer. Because God sent us Jesus. So we persevere patiently because we have confidence in this Jesus and in God's promises that lie ahead. So I hope these lessons from Hebrews will encourage you as we wait for all that God has in store for us, for the city that is to come. Thank you for listening.